White Sox beat the Twins in game two. Man, what's going on with the Minnesota Twins in this series? All coming up. Locked on Twins podcast. You are locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Friday, July 15th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is Nash Walker, my third season, five days a week, recording on the Minnesota Twins, and my fourth season, writing about the Twins at TwinsDaily.com. So what's going on with this team in the first two games of this White Sox series? They've been outscored 18-4. to Eighteen to four, they've been outscored, and it starts with the word "out," outscored, outplayed, outpitched, outperformed, out any adjective or verb you can think of, out everything in these first two games. They've been outplayed. They've been outplayed by a team that looks better than them, and for the first time all year, the White Sox look better than the Minnesota Twins. And there have been stretches where the White Sox have played better than the Twins. The Twins have played better than the White Sox, but this is the, the first time in their meetings where I've I've looked and I said, the White Sox are the better team. The White Sox have been the better team through the first two games. And you can't help but wonder, like the, the All-Star break's right around the corner, and the Twins starting pitching has just started to crumble. You, you didn't get a good start from Sonny Gray. You got three innings out of Devin Smeltzer. I thought the decision to pull him, like it's a tough decision, but it's the right call. He looked awful. He looked terrible. He couldn't hit his spots. He's not getting calls, but he's not throwing strikes, and he's getting barreled. He can't strike anybody out. Devin Smeltzer has not looked good now for his last handful of starts. They've they've been outplayed, and when your strength as a team is we are tough one through nine in the lineup, and when I watch this White Sox broadcast, it, it gives me a different perspective. I take a step back, and I think about how others view the Minnesota Twins this year. And the view is, and has been since opening day, this offense is going to hit. This offense is going to be pretty good. Are they going to be able to pitch enough? You know, they're pretty weak in the rotation, and the bullpen has a bunch of question marks, especially after trading Taylor Rogers. So if that's your strength as a team, is we have boppers up and down the lineup. We have young guys. We have vets. We have stars in Buxton and Correa and Arise. We have Young, good players in Alex Kirilov and Jose Miranda. We have our role players in Gio Urshela. And we have, you know, solid regulars in Max Kepler and, and Gary Sanchez at times. Young catcher and Ryan Jeffers. That's our strength, one through nine. If that's your strength, is depth as an offense. And you can't score when you put guys on base. You are going to lose. The flip side of that, some teams, their, their strength is their pitching staff. Their strength is their rotation or their bullpen. And they can get away with leaving guys on base because they can pitch and win those games. The way the Twins are currently constructed, the way the Twins are currently performing, they can't get away with that. Earlier this year, when they weren't hitting, their offense was in a rut. Their pitching carried them at the beginning of the season. Uh, Unlikely heroes in the starting rotation with Archer and the way Bundy was throwing early on. Paddock was very good before he got hurt. Ober and Ryan. And then Sonny came out and pitched very well immediately when he came off the injured list. So, Their pitching carried the offense early on, but baseball is so beautiful. It has a way of coming back to expectations before the season and what you know and what we knew is 
it's the offense that's going to win games for the Twins. That's been the case for years. I know in 2020, they outpitched their own offense. They're, they pitched the lights out in 2020 in the COVID season, but every central team pitched really well in the COVID season. This year, it's it's clearly, again, we need to get guys on. We need to hit homers and, and get them home. And they just they haven't done that. And they haven't done that for, you know, since I, I would say since the second game of the Rangers series. So they didn't do it in the finale, really. They didn't do it against Milwaukee. They were lucky to split on a big swing from Jose Miranda. And they absolutely haven't done it in the first two games of this series. You know, I've been wrong before saying that, oh, the sky might be falling. And I don't necessarily feel that way because we got a lot of baseball to play here in the second half. I just know that if the Twins don't cash in on their opportunities offensively, they're not going to win. They're not going to win scoring two runs, you know, back-to-back nights. You're not going to win. You're not going to beat the White Sox scoring two runs. How you beat the White Sox, you log jam the, the bases, and then you hit home runs. And they did that in Chicago, and they took two out of three, and they should have won all three. wasn't the offense that you know blew that in game three. They did that in Chicago. That's how you beat the Sox. You, you put your foot on their throat, and you hit homers, and you get guys on, and you overwhelm teams offensively. They have the ability to overwhelm teams offensively. We've seen it throughout the year. And then there's times when their offense, they can't cash in those runs. And it's not like we're watching the Tigers who fail to get anybody on base ever. And they just have a bad offense because they don't get guys on base. We're watching this offense that gets a bunch of guys on base. They'll draw walks. They'll take great at-bats. They'll get base hits. And then it's a double play from Carlos Correa. That is a rally killer, a double play from Alex Kirilov. A weak pop-up on the infield. You don't score the run. You strand Buxton at third after a leadoff triple. It's not an offense that can't produce. It's an offense that can't get hits when it really matters right now. It's frustrating, and it's, it isn't something that you can teach. It's not something that you can say, hey, in these spots, we need to be better. You have to be consistent with your at-bats. You have to be consistent in your approach, and those hits will come. It's just so frustrating when it's every single day it feels like it's happening, and it's turned into a trend. They're the worst American League offense with runners in scoring position in two outs and over 300 plate appearances this year. So it's a large sample of not being good with two outs and runners in scoring position, not getting the big hits. And it's frustrating to watch. You're not going to win a lot of games doing that. With that being said, how can the Twins limit damage this weekend? How can they make it hurt to the minimum after dropping the first two games? It's not as simple as win the next two. I have the answer after this word from Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKDOWN. That's code LOCKDOWN. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thanks again for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the live MLB Draft Show July 17th on Locked On MLB Prospects. Right after the first round of the MLB draft, join MLB prospects expert Lindsey Crosby and MLB expert Jeff Ellis as they go deep on the future stars of Major League Baseball. Subscribe now to Lockdown MLB Prospects so you get notified when they go live on MLB draft night. How can the Twins limit the damage here? One 
looming factor or broad apparent quality of the 2022 Minnesota Twins unquestionably has been their ability to bounce back. It has been a quality under Rocco Baldelli since he came in in 2019. And I've criticized Rocco on the show. I will say one thing I credit him for is he does have teams that, that find ways to bounce back. The Twins' longest losing streak this year, three games. And they've done that more than once. They've had more than one three-game losing streak. They haven't lost more than three games in a row this year. I thought today was the day that you come out and respond. And sometimes, you know, they'll lose two in a row and then they'll come out and respond in a huge way. It's a resilient group. I'm willing to say that. And the team is down right now. There's not a lot of faith around this club, I would say, in this current moment because you have a White Sox team that was supposed to be very good and is now playing very well and back to 500. And you have a Twins team that was supposed to be okay, you know, by projection systems and is starting to fall back down to, you know, closer to second or third place in the American League Central. They're still in first, but this is a resilient group. This is a group that all year long I've sat here after tough games, tough losses, tough stretches, and I said, like, this is it. They're going to start crumbling now. This is this is when the boat starts to sink, and they haven't let that water in the boat yet to this point. That doesn't mean it's not coming. That doesn't mean it's not possible. They go out there and get you know throat stomped on Saturday and Sunday in this series and get swept at home against the White Sox. But what they've shown us this year is that they do have a resilient group, and that that's that's unlikely to happen with this group because we've had evidence to show us they do find ways to bounce back. They do find ways to come out the next day and put it in the rear view and keep that level approach. So how can they limit damage? They've done a good job of limiting damage all year. They just need to be themselves. They need to do what they've done all year. Don't get away from the approach. The approach at the plate has been very good. And I know that's hard to digest when they're not scoring runs, but they're getting guys on. They're taking good at bats. You know, they're drawing walks. They're ripping the ball all over the field. The one thing I will say is, they should probably get a little bit more aggressive in run scoring spots to try to hit the ball out of the ballpark, hit some more homers, get the big swings that the White Sox have been getting. But overall, the approach has been very good the last handful of days. They just need to continue to do what they've done. And for Dylan Bundy, go out there and just give him a good start. My goal for Devin Smeltzer tonight was six innings, three earned runs or less. He went three. <laughs> he went three, two earned runs. If Dylan Bunny can give him six innings, three earned runs or less, I'm confident that the offense against Lance Lynn will find ways because it hasn't really mattered who they've played when they need wins. And I, I keep, I always think back to that Toronto series and they lost a bunch of guys. They just lost in Detroit. They lost four out of five to the Tigers in Detroit and they had to go to Toronto. They had that nine game stretch against AL East opponents. It looked bad. They didn't have Joe Ryan. They didn't have Sonny Gray for any of those games. It looked really bad, and they went 5-4 and four in that nine-game stretch, and they limited the damage, and they actually got out of there with a winning record. I always think back to that because I remember before the Toronto series, I was sitting in this chair saying, uh, this is going to turn into a, an S show for the Twins. Like This is about to fall apart for them on this next nine-game stretch, and it didn't because you know they found a way all year to come back and perform when they need to perform, and I'm confident that they'll continue to do that. But it doesn't matter who they face. You know, they'll face Kevin Gaussman or, you know, Jose Barrios. And I know Barrios hasn't been good this year. Or Nestor Cortez or Garrett Cole or Shane Boz, any of those guys. And they still find ways to put up crooked numbers. And when they need to get it done offensively, they have gotten it done. It hasn't been as consistent as we wanted it to be for most of the year. And they need to get out of this rut now. They need to limit the damage 
now. As soon as Saturday afternoon, you got to come out hard against Lance Lynn, be aggressive in the zone, take the same at-bats they've been taking, and just got to get those big hits. <laughs> you got to get those big hits. That's been the difference so far. Those big hits, not just hits with runners in scoring position, but big hits with runners in scoring position. Those big swings, the solo homer from Tim Anderson, the grand slam from Luis Robert, the three-run homer from Adam Engel. You need those types of swings on Saturday. The Twins need those types of swings for the next two games in this series. Sunday is going to be really tough with Dylan Cease going against Chris Archer. That's going to be going to be difficult. But as I've said, the Twins have jumped on good starters all year long, so I'm not counting them out of any matchup. And that's why I love this offense. I don't count them out of any game. When you look at like Detroit, I'm sorry, Tigers, but you look at the Tigers, they're out of games basically against Dylan Cease unless they pitch the lights out. They're going to lose those games. I don't feel that way with the Twins because they do have a very deep, talented group offensively. A good enough group to go out there the next two days and post up like back-to-back eight-run games and win both games and get out of there with a split and everybody's happy up five games on the White Sox in the division going into the All-Star break. It's as simple as that. It's not going to be easy. They're going to have to battle. They're going to have to grind and they're going to have to just be themselves, be yourselves, do what you've done all year and that's bounce back when you need to. When you circle games on the schedule, I'm circling Saturday's game on the schedule as a game I will look back on as an important game. That's an important game. You dropped the first two. This one is important. I know things are down right now, but I'm going to tell you why I'm hopeful for 2023 more so now than I've been, I'd say, in the last year. Why I'm most hopeful for 2023. That would be next season. I'm not saying this season's over, but why I'm hopeful for next season after this word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, odds, lines, anything you're looking for. It's your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. I'm very hopeful about 2023 for this reason. I love that what we're seeing right now is a collusion of veterans and young players for the Twins. And I know I talk about the offense a lot when I should be talking about a pitching staff that clearly needs help. The staff needs help. That's been true for, I mean, since the Twins were moved from Washington to Minnesota. (laughs) They've needed pitching. Um, But I'm hopeful for 2023 because – I love what we're seeing out of Alex Kirilov and Jose Miranda. I love that Byron Buxton has been off the injured list for the entire first half. And I know he's got knee problems and I know he's been inconsistent, but he's healthy. And that's a great sign for the twins. And I'm still excited about Byron Buxton's future. I'm obviously excited about Royce Lewis's future. When he comes back from the knee injury, Trevor Larnick showed us some things offensively and defensively, and they're going to have a bunch of payroll flexibility. The twins are going to be in an interesting spot where if Carlos Correa opts out, they're going to get a bunch of money off the books. Miguel Sano's off the books. Their only guaranteed player, I believe, beyond 2023 is is Byron Buxton and Randy Dobnak. And Dobnak's making like a million and a half in 2024, something tiny. And Buxton's making 15 million. Those are your only guaranteed contracts beyond 2023. So they're going to be in very good position to add this offseason. And I think they have a good nucleus and a nucleus that we're seeing come together, especially offensively. I also have liked what we've seen out of Josh Winder. He needs to do more and he needs to progress. 
Obviously, Joe Ryan, there's excitement with him. Bailey Oberon, he comes back. They'll have enough this offseason without the lockout and all the distractions and so many holes to fill and the Buxton extension and everything that went along with that. It feels like they'll have the flexibility and they'll have the time and they have the pieces in place to build around this group in the winter. And I'm saying that in July, you know, not even halfway. I guess the Twins are halfway, but we're not even at the All-Star break yet. I'm saying that in July because I want to come back and think about this and watching these guys and watching how they progress and the young, especially the young bats. We need to see more young pitching come through and succeed. It's hard. Guys get hurt. Guys struggle. Jordan Balazovic, Matt Cantorino, Louis Varland. Guys get hurt. Guys go through tough stretches. That's life as a pitching prospect. We need to see more of them. But I feel good about the group that's here and the group that's in place for next year. And it's going to suck losing Correa, but that's essentially all they're losing on next year's team. You know, and I feel like they're going to have the the flexibility and the pieces in place to add and, and put together a competitor in 2023. Cause I know that that was the goal when they traded Jose Barrios away, they traded Nelson Cruz away, Cruz less so because he was not under contract for 2022. But their goal was, we're going to jump back into this thing in 2023. And they have hitters in the upper minors. Christian Encarnacion Strand hit two home runs in his double-A debut at Wichita. Matt Walner is crushing. He's now up to triple-A. There are a lot more exciting young players. Spencer Steer, guys progressing. David Festa throwing just bullets at the lower minors coming up. Louis Varland has been solid at double-A. Simeon Ords Richardson has been solid at double-A. So they have more guys coming that are going to be infused. But I think just the flexibility they'll have from a payroll standpoint that will give them options in free agency and be a trade in, in the winter time. And I, I think for them to be in first place right now with this group, I don't want to say it's, you know, house money at all, because I expect them to win. I expect them to be much better than they were last year. I expect them now to win this division Ex- expectation based on what we've seen and how bad the division's been. If they don't win the division, it's a failure. And still, this is not, the twins at the peak of what will be their powers. Hopefully the peak of their powers will be, you have Alex Kirloff, Jose Miranda, Royce Lewis, Byron Buxton, Trevor Larnick, you know, Encarnacion Strand, Walner, whoever else steer a free agent pickup. You, you get at short. If it's not Correa, you have all these guys in the same group together offensively. And then on the pitching side, you have gray Ryan over. You finally go out and get some pitching and make a move because they will have the flexibility to do so. And I think even at the trade deadline, they'll have opportunities to do that. You have Kenta Maeda back next year. Hopefully you have Chris Paddock back at some point next year. And you have other pitching prospects coming who I mentioned, you know, in Varland and Woods Richardson and hopefully Cantorino and Balazovic as well. So I'm excited about this group moving forward. I think it's a good young nucleus of bats. I think we need to see more out of the young pitchers in the, in the pitching pipeline in the minors and at the major league level. I do feel good, though, moving forward with the group they have. And I think they can become a really fun group. I think at times they're hard to watch because the bullpen is so, so, so bad at times. And, you know, they do leave a lot of runners on base. They have a lot of injuries. It can make it tough. And the division is so bad, so it's hard to get really excited about the Twins, even when they are in first place. But I'm more excited about 2023 than I've been in a long time. You know, much more excited about 2023, I think, than I was when they traded Barrios at the deadline last year, even in the offseason, not knowing what they were going to do for 2022 and thinking toward 2023. I think right now 
I, I'm excited about next year. I'm excited about maybe what this team can do in the second half. And I, I again expect them. It'll be a disappointment, and I'll say so if they don't make the playoffs, if they don't win the division. I am excited though as well about 2023, and I can't wait to see these guys progress, to see these guys get better in Twins uniforms. And I think Alex Kirilov and Jose Miranda are at the heart of that. Thanks for making Locked on Twins your first listen today. We'll be back on Monday to make your second listen Locked in MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Hopefully when we talk Monday or Sunday night, the Twins will have split this series, won the last two, and spoken to my resiliency claim about them and keep it true in 2022. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Go Twins.